What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And, of course, remember that Primetime is brought to you by none other than Freeman Mazda. We'll talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do any of that, let's talk about some Dallas Cowboys football, man. That was a huge win. The Cowboys are now 2-1. Cooper Rush remains undefeated in the NFL. And it's a huge deal just when you take into account what it means in the standings, right? Uh, when Dak Prescott went down injured and you knew that the Cowboys were up against the Bengals, the Giants, next couple of weeks, the Commanders, and the Rams. We thought that maybe the season was in big-time jeopardy just based on the math and the schedule, right? Uh, that could be a, a huge deal for the Cowboys moving forward. But tonight, we'll talk specifically about, in my opinion, the most dangerous unit in the NFL, or at least one of them. And let me know in the comments, what do, you, what do you think about this? But do you agree that or disagree that the Cowboys pass rush has a claim to be the most dangerous unit in the NFL? Just look, look at this graphic from Ben Baldwin, who is an analytics expert and a must follow on Twitter, in my opinion. You already know this. You already know that the Cowboys have a dangerous pass rush. But had you imagined that it would look like this when you this is a graph that takes into account ESPN pass rush win rate plus pro football focus grades. Look at the Bills and the Cowboys. They are on a league of their own when it comes to rushing the passer. Last night, the Cowboys had 35 pressures on Daniel Jones. And you know, it was funny because during the broadcast, they actually mentioned this number. They, the, the commentators said that the Cowboys were above 20 pressures. I don't remember the exact number that was said on the, on the ESPN broadcast, but I remember thinking to myself, damn. And then this morning, I'm having my first cup of coffee. I fire up Pro Football Focus, and I realized that the Cowboys had 35 total pressures. That is an insane number. To put it into perspective, there are seven teams in the NFL that have 39 pressures or less for the season, for the three weeks of the season. The Cowboys had 35 yesterday, more than some of these teams that actually uh, are among those seven. That's crazy numbers. And, you know, we talk about Micah Parsons. We talk about the Marcus Lawrence and them being some of the most dangerous players in the NFL. But there were seven other Cowboys that had two pressures or more. Seven other Cowboys besides Lawrence and besides Parsons. Dorrance Armstrong had four. Several other players had three. And then you had some with one, including linebacker Leighton Vanderich. Let's see some of your comments here, uh, whether you agree or disagree 
on the Cowboys having a claim to be the most dangerous unit in the NFL. And I will give you my take afterward. Uh, Toxic Tom says, unsure still. And I think that might be fair. I think that what we are missing for it to be a little bit more of a certainty is the Cowboys need to go do this to a more established offensive line. So if they go and do something similar to the Philadelphia Eagles in week six, for example, there might not be the, uh, any denying it anymore. Uh, Holly, though, says absolutely agree. Kevin Knight says agree. Russell is not yet, but soon will be. Uh, let's see. Patricia says agree. Chaniki Jones agrees on Facebook. Tommy says 100% agree because it is. Period, says Tommy915. I'm going to tell you what I think makes this the most dangerous unit in the NFL, especially on defense. I know that the Buffalo Bills are up there and they actually have a higher pro football focus grade when it comes to rushing the passer. But here's the thing. I think that it's not only the talent that the Cowboys have at hand, uh, which is nothing new, of course. But as you take a look at, at, at the clips that are playing right now, Notice how different every look is. You get Michael Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence on opposite sides. You get them on the same side. You get linebackers inserted into the lineup. You get Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, putting these players in a prime position to succeed every single play, honestly. And it's not like something that teams can't figure out because the Cowboys are constantly changing the picture. So when you think of TJ Watt, for example, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, teams are getting ready to help out their right tackle because it's what TJ Watt does. And sure enough, in some plays, and uh, he will change his spot in the lineup. He will try to wreak havoc elsewhere. But with the Cowboys is one play, you get a four-man picture, and the next play, it's a completely different picture. Like, the amount of times that it changes, it is a relentless amount of little things that are changing for the op opposing offensive line. And it's what I love. And I'm going to show you a very specific example of one of the plays that I actually uh, loved even more. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, this is a play in which the Cowboys are trying to make the Giants figure out what they want to do pass protection wise and you get you actually get donovan wilson kind of mocked up over the center demanding some attention and then on the other side you get anthony barr and sam williams and the and the left tackle actually has to make a read between those two and it's not like the cowboys are rediscovering football look at donovan wilson look at the center sliding and that leaves demarcus lawrence isolated on the left guard i'm gonna play it again don't worry i'm gonna play it again donovan wilson is there uh, the center slides towards him. d is just isolated on the left guard. And then you look at the left tackle and watch him make that read between Anthony Barr or Sam Williams. Who do I pick up? And, of course, Anthony Barr just drops into coverage. Again, this is nothing new in football. This has been going on forever. But I think that the Cowboys have a perfect amount of talent and hybrid players 
to do so at a very high level. They're doing this every single play, every single drive, every single week. It's crazy. I, I think this is what makes the Cowboys pass rush the most dangerous in the NFL. I think they do have a legitimate claim to that. Let me see some of your comments here, though. Professor O says, oh, snap, I just realized that Mo said commanding attention on the week that we played the commanders. Bars. There you go. There you go, Professor O. Shout out to you, sir. There's no way, says Holly, that we cannot get pressures and or sacks on any offensive line in the league. And guess who played better in week three? Lyle Collins, even though he was dealing with an injury. So don't be surprised if Lyle Collins ends up being like actually uh, a pretty legit right tackle for the Bengals. And it turns out he just happened to play TJ Watt and Michael Parsons in the first couple of weeks of the season, right? And that should tell you what the Cowboys can do versus even top offensive lines. Now, I will agree here with Toxic. He says, Mo, what is the best offensive line that Dallas has played? I would say, I would say maybe week two versus the Bengals. And I know that that doesn't sound like a top offensive line at all, but the talent is not really the problem for Cincinnati right now. I think the that the problem is the, the pass protection rules that they have in their whole pass pro scheme that are, you know, they're shooting themselves on the foot every single time. And the Cowboys did this isolated versus uh, Lyle Collins, for example. And I, and I agree with Toxic Tom there. That's, that's the one thing that gives me pause in being even louder about the Cowboys being the most dangerous unit in the NFL when it comes to pass rush. Uh, the one thing that gives me pause is the fact that I want to see them go do this against a better offensive line. I think they will. I'm not saying that they will get 35 pressures versus the Eagles, but I don't think that Jalen Hurts will be comfortable in the pocket. And of course, with Jalen Hurts, it will be even more interesting because maybe you don't really want to rush the passer. You want to contain him. So that's, that's, that's different. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Shout out to Tommy915. He says, Mo actually watches film. He's not one of the, these guys who claims to just watch his highlights. I do. And guess what? I just realized how to play clips for you. So I'm excited about that. Uh, thank you to Tommy915. I, I don't know who claims but doesn't. Honestly, I'm not going to get into that. But I appreciate Tommy's comment because, yeah, I do watch film. Uh, I realize that I still have a lot to learn uh, because when you start watching film, you start realizing how little you know about football. It's great, but it's also super exciting at the same time. So yeah, expect more of this quick clips on primetime over the next few weeks because I just realized how to actually record them and play them for you. So I'm, I'm, excited, about, uh, I'm excited about that for sure. Let's see. Professor O says Dallas is about to have seven to ten sacks this week. Man, Carson Wentz was sacked nine times versus the Eagles on Sunday, so I don't, I don't disagree there. And a lot of those sacks are on Carson Wentz as well, man. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's in trouble for sure. But anyways, yeah, I do think this is one of the best units in the NFL. I think that they have a claim to be the most dangerous. Uncle Charles says, Mauricio, what's up, brother? Do you think Devante, uh, Cavante Turpin should play in the slot. Man, I want to see him get more involved 
in the in the Cowboys offense. I don't know how much you can play him in the slot, though, because I don't know how, how much his weight really affects what he can do on offense. Like, do you feel comfortable running Kevontae Turpin on a slant, for example, with a crashing safety? I, I don't. I, I don't feel comfortable with that at all. I actually kind of shiver at the thought of, of, of that happening. I don't know what kind of route tree he can run, honestly. I think that's what limits my thoughts on Kevontae Turpin. So I, I would be a little bit hesitant on that. I do want to see him get more involved on offense. And I think that the Cowboys are slowly cooking that big gainer versus the uh, versus the commanders or maybe the Eagles. But at some point, that guy is going to run up the field and he's going to take the top off of defense, right? Black, uh, Black Like History says, the NFL don't hit like that no more. Trust me. And I think I think it can get uh, a a big time hit running A's land, and and you need to be able to take it right. I don't know that that's what limits my imagination with Kevontae Turpin. We'll see though. Uh, plus, I think that the Cowboys do have enough receivers for him to not be at the top of the depth chart. So overall, I want to see a little bit more from him, but I I know that he cannot be featured on this offense. At least that's what I think right now. Speaking of those players, man, I was super excited on this game because of that drive that featured unlikely heroes. And I want to ask you, what, what do you think was the defining moment of this game? I know a lot of people will say CeeDee Lamb's touchdown, for example, but I thought that drive was quite magical for the Dallas Cowboys, man. Dallas was down by a touchdown. The Cowboys uh, were suddenly down 6-13. to 13. And I don't know about you, but I will, I will be honest with you. That was the moment on Monday night that I kind of lost faith. Uh, I will admit to it in front of the camera, in front of the, actually, let me show you my face, in front of the camera, in front of the microphone. I lost faith when the Giants scored that first touchdown. My imagination didn't understand or, or, or failed to visualize how Cowboys would go 75 yards downfield to score the touchdown. I thought it was not happening. I even tweeted out about it, and I know a lot of people did. So I, I admit to it, I lost fade temporarily after that touchdown. But then the Cowboys did so. The Cowboys went... 75 yards downfield and scored the touchdown. But I what I liked the most about that moment was the unlikely heroes that stood up on that play. You had Ezekiel Elliott moving the chains. And of course, Sick is not an unlikely hero, but he was lined up as a fullback. On the fullback dive, he gets the carry. He moves the chains. A little bit later, Peyton Hendershot the undrafted rookie catches a clutch 29-yard pass from Cooper Rush. Noah Brown gets a 12-yard gain. And then Sick punches it in for the touchdown. And who's playing fullback? Jake Ferguson. Kellen Moore, man, if you were on the roster, you are a fullback in Kellen Moore's eyes. We've seen Connor McGovern on that role. We've seen, uh, I believe that we have seen even... Uh, did we get to see Connor Williams at once last year? 
And then we had Luke Gifford last week versus the Bengals at fullback. Of course, Luke Gifford was inactive for this game. So, you know, Jake Ferguson, there you go, man. It was a, a, a crazy, crazy moment on offense. 75 yards down the field, Cooper Rush leads the Cowboys to a touchdown that ties the game at 13 points. And, of course, that was just the beginning of it. He is him, though, says Elias Mendoza, who is uh, Cooper Rush. What's up, Lumen? Thank you for joining the show. Holly says, not going to lie. Some of that play calling was nonsense, but we won. So correct it for next time. I did like some stuff, though, on, that, uh, on the play calling on Monday night. Not everything, of course. Uh, there was that clip going viral on Twitter of Zach Martin yelling towards the sideline. Stop that. Come on. So there are some complaints there for sure. But you know what I liked? I liked that moment when it was third and long and the Giants were clearly showing pressure, man. They were doing what defensive coordinator Martinelle likes to do. They load up the line of scrimmage with about seven, eight players, seven players. And then the Cowboys run a quick pitch to the outside and it's a first down running the football. And I usually will not like a third and long run but man that was a perfect counter versus the Giants defense and what they were doing there was no there was no one to defend the edge and, and the Cowboys knew that perfectly well I thought that was a pretty cool moment for Kellen Moore to be honest even though again again uh I know that Kellen Moore's play calling was not ideal on Monday night anyways Elias says him too but Hendershot oh Peyton Hendershot man it's looking amazing for the Cowboys right now. Insane that the Cowboys went into this game without Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson and Hendershot were able to step up the way that they did. What did Peyton end it with? Uh, I thought I think it was three catches and three targets for 43 yards. So pretty cool stuff from the rookie for sure. Six to midnight says, "Do not get me wrong." I love the team's response to adversity, and there has been a ton. But I need to see a win it, it, uh, either against L.A. or Philly before I'm ready to say this team is for real. It's a six to midnight. Well, but honestly, I, I will be honest with you right now. If the Cowboys lose to the Rams without Dak Prescott, I'm not going to be disappointed, honestly. Just being real. The Rams are a pretty good football team. And if for some reason Dak Prescott isn't ready to go versus the Eagles and the Cowboys lose to the Eagles, I might not be disappointed either, man. Uh, the Eagles are pretty freaking good right now. Let's be fair. They're a good football team. Even if Dak Prescott comes back, depending on how you lose the football game, uh, we'll see how we feel about that loss versus the versus the Eagles if it happens, right, with Dak Prescott. Uh, let's take into account the context of the game. I'm saying you got to give credit where credit is due. And that, that week six game versus the Eagles is not going to be easy, Dak Prescott or not. Because it seems to me that best case scenario, that will be Dak's first game back, maybe, 
versus a team that's clicking on all cylinders. Now, as Jessica and Mark Andrew are saying in the Facebook chat, you know, one game at a time, but also we're not the ones getting ready for the game, right? Well, I think we can we can take a quick peek at the future. I think the Eagles are kind of legit. And it's fun that they're legit. We'll, we'll see, man. Uh, Professor O says, speaking of where, where credit is due, Mauricio, like, it's free and helps him. Thank you to Professor O. That is 100% true. Do me a favor and hit the thumbs up uh, to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans if you're enjoying what you're watching. And speaking of that, I have a question for you guys. What is one word? What is one word to describe CD Lamb's night? What is one word to describe CD's lamp night? Let me know in the comments what you think about that one. And while you do so, and before I give you my answer, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because the ride of the week is the Mazda 2022 CX30 Select. This one comes at a price of $26,895. It's got all-wheel drive. Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game changer, obviously. Adaptive cruise control, backup camera, blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 31 when you are in the highway. The Freeman Mazda 2022 CX-30 Select, you can check it out on their website, freemanmazda.net. And remember, when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. This is a family-owned business for over 65 years, A-plus customer service. Make sure that you check them out on freemanmazda.net. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, what's one word to describe CD's night? Finally, says Scott, roller coaster, says Professor O, which is pretty accurate. Resilience from Toxic Tom. Hey, shout out to Toxic Tom. I think this is a pretty good answer. Chaotic for Billy Renfro, resilient for Asmodeus as well, Butterfingers from Holly, Redemption, Peter Rizzo, Mark Andrews is awesome, Nine Day, says Gregory, uh, inconsistent for 7-Eleven, Tommy also went with Redemption, uh, let's see, Vindicating for Eliasar, Redeemed for Jessica, I love all of these, uh, I love all of these uh, answers for sure. I'm going to go... Bounce back, says Bruce as well. I'm going to go with ARC just because I thought that that was a wild story arc for CD Lamb. You know, I love watching any big sporting event, including Cowboys games, of course, while being on Twitter. But man, that was a reminder of how crazy Twitter can get after one bad play when you are in the moment, when you are enjoying the game. Because Cowboys Nation was ready to forget and move on about CeeDee Lamb. There were countless tweets about CeeDee Lamb not being the number one wide receiver. And I'm not even hating on those tweets, by the way, uh, because I do agree that you need to prove that you are the number one guy on the field. And we had to deal with a lot of off-season hype to get to that moment. And it sucked. There is just no excuse at all for CeeDee Lamb's uh, in the first half. There's just no way you can get any excuse for that. There's none. However, man, 
as, as bad as that drop was, that was a pretty good football game from C.D. Lamb. And he stepped up when it mattered the most. We saw a C.D. Lamb that was featured in the Cowboys' go-ahead drive. Four than four, and I think this play was massively underrated, as R.J. Ochoa said on Twitter as well. Four than four, and you target C.D. Lamb, and he makes the catch even with the tackle on top of him. He's exactly where he needs to be to move the chains. Then the big gainer all the way to the one-yard line. And then when you are there at the one, you don't call the run. You don't dial up Ezekiel Elliott. You don't dial up Tony Pollard. You get the fade towards number 88. And going into this matchup, I, I talked a lot about Adoree Jackson having a great start to this season, having a great finish to last season. To be honest, CeeDee Lamb owned him. And these are the numbers according to Pro Football Focus. Seven targets when he was lined up against Adoree Jackson. Six catches for 57 yards. Moved the change four times. And of course, the touchdown. These numbers are by Pro Football Focus. CeeDee Lamb kind of had a number one wide receiver game, except for the drop. And it's a huge but. It's a huge asterisk on his performance on Monday night. But it's the truth. And I'm not trying to tell you that we should forget about that drop or anything like that. But other than that, that was the game that we wanted out of C.D. Lamb. Maybe the total yardage was not crazy. 87 yards was his total for the night. But the moments in which he was able to step up. Plus, of course, you know what he means to coverage. Because drop or not, teams are paying a lot of attention to C.D. Lamb wherever he lines up. Adore Jackson did travel with C.D. for the most part. Seemed to me that only when C.D. went inside or when they managed to make it happen with motions and all of that, uh, in those instances was when Adore was not. In front of someone was the guy defending him, and as you can see from the numbers, he pretty much owned him. For those watching that Yankees Blue Jays game, that at bat was ridiculous, man. You need to give him a chance, you need to give my guy a chance. Let us see history, anyways. Random New York Yankee rant. Sorry for that. Let's see some of your comments here. I got it, I got it, I don't got it. It's a 6 to midnight. That's how it felt. Uh, and as I said, man, there's no excuse for that. Diesel says, CD told Adore to be back home when the streetlights come on. No one catches every pass, says Toxic Tom. Yeah, and I think that we've seen even the best of wide receivers in a moment like that. Uh, I think it was more about the more about the moment and what it meant. Right, Noah Brown has a great game. This is Jessica definitely 88 clubs is D Cannons. Number one wide receivers never drop wide open passes. Says 7-Eleven, and I think it has happened, but for the most part they don't, and that's why Cowboys Twitter was pissed. And I think that maybe they were pissed because we hadn't heard a lot about Ceedee Lamb since Week One uh, at the beginning of the game, and that's not necessarily his fault, but I think that it was all just this snowball effect that made Cowboys Nation blow up uh, when that moment happened. 
Toxic Tom says, Mo, I think that every team should walk Aaron Judge for the rest of the year. Let me see how I block Toxic Tom right now. I will block him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding because I won't do it. But that's more or less what I want to do after that. A common Toxic Tom because, man, uh, uh, Aaron Judge's at-bats have been taking years off, off of my life, honestly. Uh, it's been so frustrating and the anxiety has been so high. Uh, I need to see him get that homer. I need to, and, and you know, time's running out. And it sucks that everyone's walking him <laughs> so far. Any chance Judge gets to 72 to 7-Eleven? Uh, none, none. I want him to get to 62. Uh, if he gets to 62, I will be the happiest man on earth. But 72, not a, not a possibility. Uh, unless he goes on a historic streak in the last seven, eight games of the season. Man, the season is about to be over, is the thing. But anyways, back to the Cowboys. Uh, final question of the show. Who was your primetime performer of the game? And this one might be a tougher one this time. Who is your primetime performer of the game? Let me know in the comments. I think it's a tough call. I want to go with Micah. Because he was so disruptive, as Mike McCarthy said. You could go with Cooper Rush, at 6 to midnight says. He's going with Coop. I think that's fair. Donovan Wilson says Holly. I like that one. But I got to go with the majority answer. I think it's fair. I got to go with the Marcus Lawrence. He did lead the team. Ref, says Professor O. He led the team in pressures. He had three sacks, and those are game-changing, man. Number 11 says Mark Andrew. I think that's that's super fair. Cooper Rush. Durant Armstrong says Eliasar. Hey, I love that one. I love that one. And he he was at least worth three points because he blocked that field goal. D-Law hands down. Jace Peters at guard says 7-Eleven. We need to talk about that later in the week for sure. Tank says Billy. D-Cannons with Tank. Uh, Jack. The cactus as well. Look at this. I never thought I would see the day. The toxic Tom is going with Kellen Moore. He was one step ahead of the Giants defense all game. One Garrett applause for Moore. I thought so too, man. Uh, I thought so too. I, I, I was impressed with Kellen, even though I had some question marks. Need to rewatch it to really just try to get a better idea. For Kellen Moore's play calling, but we need to talk about that running game too. That running game looks different. A lot of gap concepts going on, a lot of pulling by the guards and the tackles and everyone. How about Tyler Smith just blasting through multiple defensive backs? I thought that Kellen had it called a good game, says uh, Professor O. There were some cool moments. There were some cool moments from from Kellen, I think. Might not have might have not been the the perfect game, but it was a solid performance for the play caller, I think. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream, and I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central here in Dallas, uh, here in ADC Sports Dallas. Prime time, as always, brought to you by our friends over at Trim and Mazda. No one could think. Tonight, because, you know, Monday night kind of messes up the schedule for sure. Oh, you, you saw Canelo in there. 
blooper. There you go. Nos vemos. Hasta mañana. Denle like. Denle like.